Welcome to episode 12 of Be A Bigger Fish. This is the podcast that explores the power of podcasting to grow your business or your community. I'm Debbie Aurelius and I'm the host of Be A Bigger Fish. I was super excited when Rachel Miller agreed to be my guest on the podcast. So Rachel has been a hero of mine for the past five or six years. That's both because of her amazing blog, which we talk about in the episode, and also because of her personal encouragement for my development, for which I'm really grateful. Rachel is a business owner, a former podcaster, and a true leader amongst internal communications practitioners. So in this episode, she shares loads of advice about podcasting that's helpful to you if you are any one of those three things. So I think this is perfect listening, particularly if you're on the brink of building more audio into your communications mix. Let's get into the episode and the conversation with Rachel. I'm really thrilled to welcome Rachel to the podcast today. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Nice to be here. Oh, it's really, really nice of you to join me. So Rachel is a consultant, a trainer and a mentor, and she's actually the guiding light of the internal communications community. So Rachel's blog, Under All Things I See, was recommended reading to me when I was studying for my diploma in communications. And I think that's because it's such a comprehensive and reliable resource of information for communicators. So it's an incredible achievement, Rachel. Congratulations. I think it's an amazing body of work. Thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. And Rachel's really active and deservedly influential in the internal communications space because she's so supportive of other professionals as they grow and develop, which is really inspiring. So I'm really, really thrilled that you've agreed to speak to me today, Rachel. Thank you very much. And, of course. Pleasure. And I'd like to give you the opportunity to sort of say hi and introduce yourself and maybe tell my listener what you do and why you love it so much. Thank you. So I'm Rachel Miller. I'm the director of All Things I See, and I love working in internal communication. I worked in-house as an internal comms professional for 10 years and for the last six years have been helping internal communicators to succeed through um, training, through mentoring, through 1,250 articles on my blog. So you can help yourself or you can ask me to help you one-to-one or in a group and just love working in internal comms and particularly the people that I get to meet from working in internal comms. Yeah, it's a really friendly world, isn't it? I must say. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. It's not all sunshine and roses inside our organisation. So I think having other people around you who understand the reality of working in internal comms is really helpful. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, it's a, it's a great community. So, well, well, our focus for this podcast is on podcasting. So I'd quite like to explore your experience with podcasting. Um, I know that you've made podcasts in the past. So what kind of podcasts have you been involved with? I have. So I used to run the All Things I See podcast as part of the FIR for Immediate Release podcast network, which I've been listening to the FIR podcast network for a number of years, particularly the Hobson and Holtz report, which has been going for an incredible amount of time. It's been going nearly 15 mm-hmm. years and recorded by Shell Holtz and Neville Hobson. And I decided to do my own All Things I See podcast 
and I'm not quite sure what it was. I think it was about 20, we looked at it the other day, didn't we? 2011, 2012, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I used to record my very own podcast and I really enjoyed doing it. I loved recording my thoughts and just a different medium to share ideas on internal comms. So rather than just writing, which I love, it's my first love, I decided to mix it up a bit and yeah, had a collaboration going with, with FIR where I recorded my thoughts as a podcast every month. Yeah, okay, cool. And when you got into that, did you have to have a lot of training or coaching or was it quite an easy skill to pick up? <laughs> that would probably have been a really good idea. No, <laughs> I didn't do it at all. And I, I remember looking up on YouTube, looking up videos of how do you run a podcast? I didn't really know very many. FIR was one of the very few podcasts for internal comms, particularly around at the time that I used to listen to and really rate. And I thought, wow, that's a lot of pressure because they're really good. <laughs> so I I didn't know what to do. So I looked it up. I looked on YouTube and I had GarageBand to start with. My husband is an IT consultant, but he used to be a drum and bass DJ. So uh. he had, <laughs> you never know it. It's amazing. Uh. He had all of this amazing equipment, which terrified me. And I didn't know what to use. So he suggested I had GarageBand installed on my Mac and he suggested using that. So that's what I did. And then I bought a Blue Yeti microphone from Amazon for about £70, I think. Yeah. And I felt professional because there was a massive microphone and then I had all the kit. So I felt really excited by it and decided to keep it simple. I didn't know how to do the RSS feed or any of that. So my husband helped me with that. Okay, great. So did you do your own editing, that sort of thing? Yeah, I tried to do it in one take because I found editing really, really hard. And it wasn't actually that I had that difficult. I think I overthought it and I wanted it to be perfect. And so I just tried to do it in one take all the time. Don't do that. Top tip for me would be get familiar, get comfortable with editing. It wasn't actually as hard as I thought it was going to be. I really overthought it. And then actually when I just did it and when I made a mistake, I was able to go back and edit quite easily. So that was a nice, pleasant surprise. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a few steps to learn how to do it, but it's pretty straightforward when you get the basics. And that's all you really need is the basics, isn't it? Just to yeah things. And yeah, I think it might look complicated, but I didn't use probably a quarter of the functionality that GarageBand came with. And I've since used other things like Audacity and all sorts of different ones. But actually, they're just you just need the basic, just need to make sure your mic's on, make sure you can see it going up and down and you're under winner. But I also use Skype. I used to record the audio for Skype. So sometimes that would be how I did the podcast. If I had a guest, then it would just be using Skype. Yeah, okay. And so did you feel that the podcast content drove any benefits for you or for your audience? Or? I think so. I think it was about exposing what I was doing to more of a global audience. So uh, there were more people in the US who were talking about podcasting than there were in the UK when I was doing it, particularly because of the FIR podcast network was predominantly run by people in America. So I think the exposure that it gave me to the US was, was very good. And I think it was just a different medium, a different way to offer my ideas and content to all things I see blog audience, just to throw it into the mix really so I think the benefits were building my network and having a different way to communicate which is good as a professional communicator it really is good yeah and it's interesting because a lot of people I've spoken to about podcasting have said that blogging wasn't really for them so the great thing for podcasts about a podcast mm. for them was that they were released from the pressure of writing 
blog content because they found that really hard to do. But you're renowned for the success of your blog. It's an excellent blog. So it seems really surprising then that you've you know turned to podcasting as well. Mm. Do you feel that they complement each other rather than replace each other? And, and how so? That's yeah, I do. That's, that's a good question. So I think I I find writing much much easier than anything else it's my go-to I was a journalist and I can write very quickly and very easily particularly for my own blog I can write content and articles very very quickly whereas for a podcast I found that shift quite quite different I had to be more structured I had to be quite thoughtful in how I was putting the content together not that I'm not for my blog but it's just a different way of thinking about content and thinking about structure of stories for example I found that quite a different way of, of thinking and analyzing my work but I think they do complement each other quite nicely I've been toying with the idea of doing audio versions of my blog posts for a while probably for about a year and a half and I haven't actually managed to do it so I, I keep thinking maybe as we look to create different ways for people to consume content maybe I should do a quick if you can't read because they're quite, they're quite long. Some of my blog posts are about 1,000, 1,500 words, and people read them, particularly if they're studying internal comms. But if you can't read all of it, or you don't want to read all of it, could I do a one-minute summary via audio? Yeah. That's, my, that's been in the back of my mind for a while. And I know the answer is yes. I just haven't, haven't done it. I haven't prioritised it. I haven't asked people in my network if actually that's what they want. That's interesting. You know, one of one of my sort of secret aims really from this conversation is to try and nudge you back towards podcasting again. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> You've told me now. So yeah. Oh, I know. Um, my cover. <laughs> I, I did really enjoy it. I enjoyed the conversations. I enjoy I just learned so much. Every single podcast episode I did, I learned so much. And the reason I stopped it was because I have my twins and uh with three children under the age of two and a half i thought i'm never gonna have a quiet house ever again <laughs> to be able to record <laughs> record a podcast and i think because i overcomplicated the process of it all i thought it would take longer than it actually did so never say never i did think about resurrecting it a couple of years ago i met with my business coach in november 2017 and she said what do you want to do for your business? And I said, I'd like to resurrect the All Things I See podcast and I'd like to revitalize it. And we then scoped out my business and what I was working on at the time. And I realized that I had a lot more other ideas I wanted to to happen, a lot more uh, things that were locked away in my mind. I thought, actually, I need to prioritize those. And then I de-scoped doing podcasting so I put it on the back burner but it never say never it it might it might come back so instead I've been doing lots of guest hosting and and being a guest on other people's podcasts and getting to have good conversations with people and enjoying hearing their stories yeah I've I've heard you as a guest on quite a lot of podcasts actually which is always great and what do you um, think are the benefits of being a guest on somebody's podcast I think the podcast that I go on, I, I, I say no more than I say yes. And the reason I say yes to people will be if I understand their podcast, if I've listened to the episodes before and I think that we're a good fit. So if I say yes to somebody, it's because I think we're a good fit in terms of our brands, in terms of the stories that we share, the audience, etc. And the reason I say no is when the opposite is true. So I think benefits for me of being on podcasts is being exposed to other people's audiences and being part of the conversations that they're already having with people. So just a good opportunity for me to continuously learn. Oh yeah, that's a really good point actually. 
Yeah, it is. And even just the questions that people ask you are really insightful sometimes, aren't they? You get a you know, yeah. little glimpse into what's happening in their world just from the things they're interested in. So, yeah. Yeah. And not just internal comms either. I've tried to go on some you know, content marketing ones, or I was on the Media Will Eat Itself podcast with Sean Weston last year. So, not just the internal comms bubble, because we can get in quite a bubble in internal comms. So, I'm trying to, I certainly listen to podcasts daily. Not a day goes by when I don't listen to a podcast whether it's about marketing, whether it's um, about PR, whether it's about entrepreneurs. So John Lee Doom is Entrepreneurs on Fire or Mm. Chris Ducker's Youpreneur podcast or Janet Murray's PR podcast. There's all sorts which are just outside the niche of internal comms, which help me to learn. I certainly listen to podcasts constantly. I recommend listening to topics that you're not quite sure about as a quite a quick way to learn. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. That's exactly what I do. I listen to so many different podcasts, and particularly if they're sort of adjacent industries, if you know what I mean, because yeah. they do shine a light back on communications, don't they, somehow? So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's taking good ideas that other people are running with in, in their own niche, in their own world, thinking, how could I apply that for internal comms? And how could I apply that for my business? Or how could I help my clients think? So Amy Woods runs the Content 10X podcast, which is all about repurposing. And we're not so good at repurposing in internal comms. So I've been teaching myself through listening to Amy's work and saw her at Upreneur last year. And she's speaking at the Upreneur conference this year, which is for entrepreneurs who run personal branding businesses. And I'm just learning so much from the work that she's doing. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah. And that sort of leads us quite nicely back into um, internal communications, because I know there are a lot of communicators who'd like to use audio content maybe a little bit more and a bit hesitant about how to sort of get going with that. So just to sort of um, establish really what the purpose of internal comms is, how do you think internal comms supports businesses and how does it actually promote business growth or success? So I think the purpose of internal communication isn't telling people what to do, which is an old way of thinking about what internal comms is. It's to create a shared understanding and shared meaning of the organisation. And only when that happens can employees align themselves to a company's business strategy, goals, ambitions, aims, what you're there to do. So internal communication is the conduit. It's the driver to clarity and it's the driver to helping people understand how what they do day to day in their factory and the shop floor enables them to fulfill the purpose of the organization. So it's just a really important way to bring an organization together and to ensure it knows what it knows. Yeah, that's a great way of looking at it, actually. And I love that the two main points you pulled out there are clarity and purpose. I think you know, if, if as communicators we can help to achieve that, that's that's huge. Yeah, yeah definitely. And you can measure those as well, which is always the Achilles heel for internal comms is how do you measure it? So if you can provide clarity through communication, it, it's the way forward. And if you can ensure that you're aligning your employees with your organisational purpose, the way to do that is through communication. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, perfect. Well, interestingly... Given that podcasting seems like a broadcast medium, at the beginning of that description, you talked about the fact that maybe the old school way of communication was to broadcast information. And now really, we view it as a much more collaborative kind of enterprise. Mm -hmm. How can podcasts fit into that mix? 
So I think if you think about any medium, medium to be social, it needs to allow for interaction. So if you think about an intranet or, you know, an internal website or a blog even, it doesn't allow you to be social unless you turn the comments on, unless you're pulling in content, unless you're encouraging employees to have their say. So if you're taking podcasts, they not typically seem to be a social medium because there's no interaction there. It is very much broadcast. So you're telling and selling. There's a a model by Heather Yaxley from PR Academy, and she talks about the difference between tell and sell versus engage and consult. And most organizations are trying to shift into being engage and consult. However, we're normally set up with tell and sell channels, very broadcast, very one-way mechanisms where we're talking at people. We're not communicating with them. And the key bit for me always in internal comms is to communicate with people. So podcasts by their nature aren't a good way, a good mechanism for two-way communication. But I would look at how can you couple them with other channels. So for example, some people now are looking at repurposing town hall audios. So you're doing a town hall, an all-employee we have a bit of jargon in internal comms. So let me break that down. Uh, so town hall, you know, an all-employee meeting. Uh, if you've got all your employees together and you've recorded the audio, then you could share that audio internally as a podcast and then invite discussion. And you could do that by an enterprise social network, so your internal social network. You could embed an audio file and get employees to submit questions. So it might be that you have audio from town hall meeting, but then you could ask employees to, to submit questions and then you could record an update. So you could have a leader, for example, being online for an hour after a town hall meeting via an enterprise social network, say, and answering questions. And then maybe you could record audio of all of that. So you could repurpose the content from your town hall audio and then get them to talk through the questions that they've just received on enterprise social network, record that as audio, package that together as one big podcast. So things like that, we don't really think enough like that in internal comms at the moment, I don't think, about how can we use audio from existing content we've already done. So get questions in to turn it from being broadcast from tell and sell to engage and consult. So you can do it, but it's it's not straightforward. It's not not easy. You have to think about it. Yeah, and I I think you know, as a podcaster, once you've got that podcast content, you continually repurpose that too, right? Because I find it really powerful to capture people's thoughts actually in their own words. So when I was working in house, Mm -hmm. I used to voice record a lot of the leaders I worked with. So I'd ask them some questions and voice record their answers, obviously with their knowledge, so that when I reproduced that, I was using their syntax, if you know what I mean. That's really nice. That's really nice. And you can use that wherever, couldn't you? You could do it in the annual report end of year wrap up you can have voiceover of those leaders talking about things that's really nice yes it's very hard to capture somebody else's way of you know phrasing things when you're reproducing it isn't it as a communicator so yeah uh, definitely that repurposing process can continue on after you've even captured the content from something else I think yeah definitely I think the thing with audio content is it's not new I think there's often a a barrier when I'm doing I do monthly masterclasses so I do training courses for professional communicators and even last week I ran my internal comms masterclass and we were talking about audio content so I've got a a section on trends and we're talking about voice and voice search and how that's going to be influencing internal communication and someone said to me um, what about podcasts and what about audio and I thought, oh, Debbie will be interested in this. Yes. <laughs> um, and she said, but it feels like I don't know what to use and it all feels very new. And the thing for me is that audio content's not new. 
you know, back in the 80s, the RAC breakdown people were having tape cassettes that they were giving to people to put in their vans while they were driving around. United Biscuits in the early noughties had the biscuit barrel that you dial into to hear the monthly, I think it was monthly or weekly, I can't remember, but a digest of news. So we've always used audio content before you know, iPods existed, before, before podcasts as a, as a name existed. We have used audio for communication inside our organisations. But I think as it's become more accessible, as people can use voice memos on their phone to record content, you don't need to have lots of kit. It has become more accessible, but it's just giving permission in, and it's reminding ourselves as professional communicators to experiment and try stuff out and see what works and don't overcomplicate it. If there's yeah. one thing that I would share from doing my own podcast is that I really overcomplicated it. Whereas now I spoke at a conference in November and I recorded the audio using the voice memo on my phone. I put it on the, the table in front of the stage and I recorded the audio. And then when I was done, finished record, sent it off to transcription service, had the audio transcribed and then put that on my blog within 24 hours. So you can use audio to help fuel other channels and other mechanisms. So in that case, it was audio to blog, but just be open to it, you know, be open to the idea of experimenting with audio and seeing how it can fit into what you're doing. Yeah, brilliant. And, and I guess, you know, the disconnect between the audio you were talking about from the past where it was cassette tapes and people dialing in and what's happening now, I guess it's just the tech, it's the way it's mediated. So I yeah. suppose it's just having the confidence to to play with that because... Yeah, I think it, so. Yeah. yeah but I think, I think being mindful of your point around the fact that it is broadcast. So I think what we're trying to do now when we're introducing new channels, typically we're trying to look for good ways to amplify employee voice. We're trying to look for how do we encourage two-way communication and podcasts don't allow you to do that. But there's nothing to stop you from encouraging employees to submit their own audio comments, for example, and then collating a podcast of employee voice. That'd be amazing. I yeah. haven't seen that. that. That would be really interesting. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that'd be a really powerful thing to do, actually. Yeah, and not too difficult either. You just need a, you know, a dial-in piece of yeah. tech for people to speak to. But yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Mm. So have you seen any good examples of an in-house podcast or in-house use of audio? A couple. Not that I would say are very good, if I'm really honest with you. Okay. Um, there is one. There is one of my clients, um, which I can't really talk about, but they, who are using podcasts quite well. Um, and the reason I think they're doing it very well is because it's hosted by one person internally, but they go around different departments and they, they highlight what those departments are doing. And it's good and it's, it's generated by comments from employees about what they want to see and questions they want to be asked. So I think that's, that's, that's good. That's um, great. I can't share much more about that on that one, unfortunately, but that, that's good for me because it is user-generated user as well as just from the organisation. Um, I've seen some really bad ones as well. <laughs> I've, seen some, um, I've seen some bad ones where they're very formal. Okay. Yeah. And they're very, um, they're using quite a modern, it is quite a modern way of communicating, but they haven't flexed their approach. So it's very formal. I think where, where you don't, don't adapt your approach and you, you treat it as like a CEO communicate, you know, the old school uh, diktat that was sent out. If you just record the same information on audio, it doesn't quite work. It needs to be 
informal it needs to be inviting discussion that's the way for me to make audio work really well is it has to be part and parcel of your channels mix and it has to have its place don't just do audio because everyone else is doing it there's a real rise in internal comms particularly podcasts at the moment um and you might think well everyone's doing it we need a podcast internally or i i need to do one as a consultant and i would say as with any single comms channel be really clear on your intention you know what is it you want employees to do say think feel how are you going to measure that what outcomes are you trying to drive all of that has to apply to your audio content as well so don't just add to the noise inside your organization yeah i totally totally agree that's just such great advice and uh, interestingly it sort of links with something you said earlier about when you started to podcast yourself and how you had to make that leap from writing blog content to creating mm. content that's suitable for podcasts so do you have any advice to share on that how do you go about crafting something that's appropriate for audio so I, I think for me, I had to theme each show. I found that I, I, wanted to, I wanted to be really clear on what I wanted to achieve from it and then create content that fitted. In the way I would, you know, I'd write a blog title and have content that fitted under a blog title. It was the same for audio, of being really clear of, of the outcome and what I was trying to achieve and or what I wanted people to feel about, about the content, whether I wanted to inform them, educate them, about what, you know, what was it? Uh, entertain them what was the purpose behind what I was doing so I found I just had to think a bit differently about the content I was creating and when I didn't and I just winged it then I'm a bit of a talker so I just waffled <laughs> and I used to listen back and think I, I remember a couple of episodes that I just wasn't clear enough it wasn't concise enough I wasn't consistent enough and as a series of podcasts I think particularly the first ones they, a couple really stood out for me as I hadn't quite nailed it because I hadn't been clear enough on my structure and I think that showed, and I think that showed in, in the content that I produced. So the clearer I was, the more planned I, I was in my approach, the better the outcome in terms of the content, uh, sorry, the output in terms of the content. Yeah, I see what you mean. So is, would you advocate scripting a podcast or just having kind of a bullet point structure that you're trying to yeah. stick to? See, I tried, I experimented with it. I tried scripting and then I found I read it and it didn't ever come across as very natural. And you can tell that particularly if you're, only listening and you're not watching you can tell someone's reading something it stands out so true (laughs) it stands out a mile so I didn't feel like that was the right thing to do so say sometimes I'd have bullet points and I'd have them on post-it notes when I recorded my podcast I love stationery so just any excuse to have a lot of stationery and I had a lot of of post-it notes with um things to remember and comments or quotes that I wanted to say when I was planning the content and sometimes that worked really well. And other times, if it was a topic where I'd been interviewing somebody, I think it jarred a bit. I think it stood out when it was very obvious that, and this is what I want to say, <laughs> you know, it yeah, didn't quite flow. Yeah. I think the thing with a blog post is you can do that. But when you switch to audio, it doesn't really work in that same way because you lose the flow and you hear it. Whereas you can't see it in a blog because you can go back and edit and re-edit. And I'm constantly updating blog posts. I'm constantly going back and editing old posts when there's something that's um, top of mind for people, like how to write an annual report. Obviously, that's quite quiet for 10 months of the year, say, and then for two months of the year, it's quite noisy. I go back and re-edit that, whereas I couldn't do that for audio content. I'd have to redo it, republish it, repurpose it. It wouldn't work quite as well for me in, in, in the work that I do, I don't think. Yeah, I think I understand what you mean, because it, there's a definite flow to a conversation, it, and it's that that 
organic arc of a conversation I think is so powerful mm. in podcasting um so yeah that's what you're saying actually but I think you get the I think you get more emotion in podcasting so I think what's missing from blogs is you can say certain words or write certain words but when you hear someone talk really passionately and really from the heart it lifts you know it lifts you when you listen to it it lifts off the page if you were just reading it it wouldn't work but I think when you hear people talk I certainly that's why I enjoy listening to podcasts I just like imagining the stories that they're telling and and it just for me I enjoy hearing stories and in someone's own words rather than just reading them I enjoy hearing them tell their stories yeah I agree I agree I think that's really powerful and I guess you know it that's something that could be harnessed as well inside organizations is really capturing not just mm. the words it's like lifting the values off the wall isn't it that kind of we you know we all have our corporate values painted on the wall but how much yeah. of that do we live in our daily life and i suppose even just hearing people talk about those and how they come to life would be more powerful than seeing them painted on the wall yeah um, definitely a delight have just started to do that they've just launched a podcast which i think is called the green room possibly and they've done it externally so there is actually a good one at the, at the moment, which is which is Deloitte's one. And they've just recruited someone to do that role. I think they're about three or four episodes in now. So it's launched uh, a little while ago. And that's worth listening to because that's an internal podcast that's shared externally. So you can get it on iTunes. And for me, that's an example of an organization demonstrating its values and demonstrating amplifying employee voices externally that started internally, which I think is really nice. So there are examples of people who are doing that and are consciously talking about their values. And I think we'll see more. I think if you ask me the question about are there any good ones in, say, three years, five years' time, I hope we'll be spoiled for choice. I hope there'll be so many good ones and there'll be categories and you know, employee engagement, sorry, in uh, internal communication awards, which for me is always a tipping point. When there's a, a category and award, uh, an award scheme, then you know that it's moved into a, co a common way of communicating. So maybe there'll be categories for best podcast I haven't, I haven't really seen any actually but maybe we'll see that in future that's a brilliant idea that is a brilliant idea yeah I think I'm going to make that a personal target to see <laughs> that that happens in the next three years that'd be fantastic I hadn't heard about the Deloitte one I will look that up and because it interestingly touches on something else um, I've been thinking about a lot which is you know should an in-house podcast be definitely in-house or should it be published publicly I think that's one of the dilemmas that people struggle with and it's one of the maybe the reasons they decide not to go ahead because they can't make a decision on that issue um what's your view on that yeah I think if you've got good stories to share why not share them externally you're my my thinking around inter internal and external always is you are only ever an employee magazine left on a bus away from internal content going externally mm -hmm. I think for me, it comes down to trust. So if there's something super sensitive that might be a restructure, redundancy, merger and acquisition, if you're a listed company, for example, and there's something internally that would affect your share price, say, then yes, it probably isn't smart to put that internal content external through whatever medium, through that printed or, or audio. But if it's day-to-day -day stories particularly and uh, re uh, reality of working in our organisation, examples from people about this is how I'm connected with our organizational purpose, or this is what I do day to day. It could be really good for recruitment sites. It could be really good part of your employer brand, which is your reputation and promise as an employer. Why not hear that from your employees? I think it'll be fantastic to hear their stories firsthand 
via any any medium but audio particularly would, would work really well for that so why not bring it on I think why not think about you know what's the worst that could happen if you're creating positive content particularly and it's not about spin and prescriptive manipulative content it's around our our people in their own voices sharing their view on the world why not share it externally I don't see a problem with that at all yeah that's really interesting and I totally agree I I love the fact that you use that phrase it's not about spin it's there's something in I think audio content that people already expect it to have a greater degree of authenticity I don't know if that's just that's interesting view but it you know, you I guess you can't hide behind words, can you, behind written words, which are someone else's and they've edited them. Exactly. It's you and your, oh, I like that. That's true, isn't it? I guess it's your integrity as well. It's how you come across the words that you're saying. I mean, they, they could be lying, but I think you could probably tell. I think, yeah. I think you're right. It is more authentic, isn't it? Oh, that feels like a blog post to me. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's planning blog post. <laughs> yeah, I think it does. Oh, that's great. Oh, if, I'm, if, I've, if I've inspired a blog, I will be thrilled. <laughs> <That's fantastic. laughs> so I'd really love to know, what would be your top tips for creating engaging content in a podcast? So I think it's understanding the problems that people have that you're trying to solve through your podcast. So to, for content to be engaging, you have to be really clear around why people will be checking out your podcast. What is it they're hoping to get from it? So I think to make engaging content would be to do your homework and to ask people around you to try and figure out what what solutions you can provide to the problems that they have. So if you're solving a problem that nobody has, you know, you see it on Dragon's Den all the time where people come up with ideas to <laughs> think that's not, that's not really a product. And there's a reason that no one's come up with it before. Um, so just be really mindful of, listening listen to people around you listen to your target audience to really understand what they hope to get from your podcast and then if you're creating content that is meeting them where they're where they're at then it will be engaging because you're solving the problems that they have not the problems that you think they have that's an excellent point and actually it ties in with something we discussed earlier about overcoming the sort of broadcast nature of podcasts i guess if your start point for the content is responsive rather than just directive yeah inherently makes it a little less like a broadcast medium and more like a, a dialogue effectively yeah um, which is exactly what we're, we're trying to champion within internal com so i think yeah lis- listening first and then creating your content is the way to have engaging content yeah i agree yeah that's a really good point thank you You've shared loads and loads of advice through the conversation, but if you were going to pass on some advice to somebody who wanted to take up podcasting, either in-house or publicly, what would you say to that person? I would say listen to other podcasts. So get a feel for other podcasts to work out what would be right for you. Because there's quite a few different styles out there, both in terms of length and the purpose of them and all sorts. So I would say if you're thinking about podcasting, then listen to other podcasts and then ask your potential audience. So if, you, if you're if you creating a podcast, it will be for a purpose. So if it's, for me, for example, it would be to share with the readers of my blog or share with you know readers of, of my networks online. But if I was solving a problem that they didn't have, then it wouldn't be the right thing to do. So just creating a podcast because I want to do one and actually doesn't, there's nothing wrong in that you can create your own podcast if you want to um but for me as a business owner you know time is money 
And if I'm thinking about creating a podcast, I would make, have to make sure that it was to solve a problem that did exist. So listen to other podcasts and understand your target audience and understand how they learn. Actually, is a podcast the right solution to the problems they're trying to solve? Or in my case, could I do an audio version of a blog post? Would that be what they're looking for? Yeah, that's really helpful, actually. Yeah, really helpful. Thank you. I'm going to ask you a question now that I've taken from one of your blogs, which is, <laughs> is there anything <laughs> else you'd like to talk about? Yeah. So I asked that question. So I always ask people, is there anything, anything else you want to know? <laughs> that's so, sorry, is there anything else you think I should know or you want to tell me? So I think that we're really spoiled for twists and internal comms and that it's a good thing. I think there are more internal comms podcasts around now than there ever have been. And I think that's really beneficial. I think every, yeah, there's the internal comms podcast from Katie McCauley AB, which is doing a series of interviews with people working in internal comms, yeah, it's excellent. The, yeah. which, which I'm really enjoying listening to. There's yeah. the internal, not just cause I've been on it. <laughs> I just, it's been really, I really enjoy listening to it. Um, there's the internal comms procast by circle. And I enjoy listening to that because that's us based content. So that exposes you to ideas if you're interested in learning about internal communication in other um, other countries, then that's a good one to listen to. And there's Talking Comms podcast from Adrian Stirrup. So if you're interested physically in local government communications, public sector communications, so Adrian and Darren Cavani from Comms 2.0 do that. And they're such a good double X. They're, they're brilliant. I really enjoy listening yeah, to them. Yeah, they're great. Yeah. And then there's Chuck, who you interviewed a few episodes ago. Obviously, he did Learn Ecology podcast and now he's Culture Comms and Cocktails. I hope I've got that name right. That's that right. sounds right. Yeah, yeah it feels right. Um, and that's really interesting because that's different people that he's interviewing. And again, it's more from a global perspective. So the thing that I would add to our conversation is that if you're interested in podcasting and if you are an internal communicator, have a listen to what's around, have a listen to what other people are doing, because there's quite a few to choose from. There haven't been for years and now there are, and I really welcome that. I welcome the, the different niches and the different opportunities that we have to learn from all these people. And I've probably forgotten some. I've got, I think there's eight I've got written down on a slide of one of my masterclasses around how to learn from podcasts yeah. Um, yeah. and your own, of course. Oh, um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so I think I would just add that it's never been easier to learn about internal comms audio content there's, there's lots and lots to choose from so just have a look yeah agreed agreed that you know there's there's plenty out there and also you suggest what you'd like to hear because you know mm. um, we're always trying to find out what people really need aren't we so you know just yeah. just tweet about what you value in podcasts and, and i'm sure we'll find out and you know make sure that that's provided so yeah yeah well amazing i've just enjoyed talking to you about this so much. Thank you so much for sharing all that. It's been fascinating. And I, I would like to ask you the question I ask all of my guests, which is, what does it mean to you to be a bigger fish? So when you shared that with me, I was, think, I was thinking about it. And I think for me, if you're, I apply the rule when I go to a conference. If you go to a conference and you think you're the most experienced person in the room, you need to go to different conferences, you need to learn from other people. So I think if you are the biggest fish in a pond, then you need to go into another pond and learn from other people. So um, that would be that would be my answer to gather what you know, share what you know with other people, but be open to learning by jumping into another pond and where well, you're not you're not the biggest fish. 
Yeah, what a brilliant response. Because you're right, there's always something else to learn, isn't there? Always yeah. something that can inform what you're doing. And yeah. yeah. Oh, super. Thank you. That's lovely. You're so welcome. where can people find you if they'd like to find out a bit more about what you're up to and what's coming up next for you? So I'm all things I see online. So all things, then letter I, letter C, all things I see dot com is my blog where there's the 1,250 articles and I'm at all things I see on Twitter and at Rachel all things I see on Instagram. Perfect. That's ideal. And I'll pop all of that information in the show notes as well. So people have got somewhere they can go to look at that and, um, and definitely find you. So that's it. Great. Thank you. It's been so lovely talking to you. Thanks so much. And I wish you all the very best with um, the revival of your podcast, which I'm sure will happen. <laughs> after you well, achieve I, have a me- I have a medium revival coming. <laughs> I'm doing online masterclasses this year. So there might be some audio content in there. Who knows? So maybe oh, I'll mix my. it up a bit. Excellent. That sounds great. Super. I'll look forward to seeing those as well. So that's lovely. Thanks Brilliant. So much. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. What can I say but a huge thank you to Rachel. There was so much to learn from in that episode. Don't worry if you didn't manage to write it all down. There are show notes and you can reach those by looking up beabiggerfish.net. So those show notes include links to Rachel's website where you can read her blog or find out more about the masterclasses she mentioned at the end there. You may have noticed I've moved the publishing date of Be A Bigger Fish to a Tuesday. Now, I'm really thrilled to say that the last few episodes have generated some conversation on Twitter, which is great. It's super to hear from people. So I wanted to move the publishing date to a day that allowed a few more days in the working week for that conversation to evolve. Please feel welcome to let me know exactly what you need to know to help you to get started in podcasting and particularly if you want to start an in-house podcast. Just like Rachel said in the episode, it's so important to find out what listeners really want to hear. So I'd be thrilled to hear from you. Drop me a message either as a direct message or as a tweet to at Aurelius or at peppermintfishc so that's peppermintfish with the letter c at the end and i'll pick that up and consider that as content for future episodes in the meantime i'd like to say a sincere thank you for listening it's really great to have you on board and i hope to see you soon Bye.